You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Forfeit the game before somebody else takes you out of the frame. Put your name to shame, cover up your face. You can't run the race, the pace is too fast, you just won't last. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you in part by our friends at Hotels.com. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Smash that subscribe button. You can find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, all those. And of course, the brand new podcatcher Himalaya. Check those guys out. They do great work. Very user-friendly app for those of you who may not be thrilled with your podcast app of choice. I had been using Google Podcasts and they started making me incredibly angry. Switched over to Himalaya. Very happy with that. David, the big news of the day that we are going to dive into is the worldwide trend Thanks to all of my Star Wars fans, make Solo 2 happen, right? That's what we're discussing, Han Solo movie 2, right? Oh, that's that's a character? I thought I like, hate you. Solo Cups was having like a two-for-one special or something. I mean, <sighs> I, I, I like Solo Cups. I'm, I'm down. You are the worst. Makes me nostalgic, takes me back to my younger days. Does that mean you like Toby Keith's Red Solo Cup song? Oh, I'm, we're, we're going to uh, You started this. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna have Evan take care of my uh, my light work. No, of course the the Buccaneers announced that they have officially agreed with defensive tackle Indomitian Sue to a one year nine point two five million dollar contract worth up to ten million dollars with incentives. And David Adam Schefter pointed out on Twitter, and I thought this was a great way to look at it. And I was I was talking to my dad before we started. He is not on the Indomitian Sioux train. He he really can't stand Sue. But I explained it to him this way. I said, look, the Bucks could have kept Gerald McCoy, but for the cost of Gerald McCoy, they got Indomitian Sioux and Shaq Barrett. So you still have the interior presence, and now you still have the edge rusher in Barrett. And that's exactly what Schefter had tweeted out. And I thought that was a great way of looking at it. You got a two for one. You're not going to lose production at defensive tackle, and you got a presence on the edge. And and I think you look at it from a football standpoint, from a business standpoint, from all the different aspects, it does make sense. It does. And, I mean, there might be a little bit of a drop-off, I suppose, just at the Adamican Sioux versus Jerome McCoy situation. I mean, uh, this is something that Bucks fans and our readers and listeners have, have kind of talked about, and that's Jerome McCoy, you know, uh, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but you know, Jerome McCoy is just known as a better pass rusher and uh, I think and has more sacks and fewer games or I don't know. It's it's something weird. Like maybe I think Sue maybe has like three or four more sacks in his career, but he's also played like 20 more games. Something crazy. Basically, Jerome McCoy gets more sacks per game on average than Dominican Sue does. So you might see a little bit of dip off in that step. But again, and I don't want to give away too much of what we're going to talk about in the episode, but what Dominican Sue has historically done for other players. Uh, playing around him that's where you're going to get some of the the increase plus like you said bringing on Shaq Barrett this is a very linebacker needy system you know, Todd Bowles said that Bruce Arians said that they need linebackers well they got Shaq Barrett 
and they got a defensive tackle who, even if you don't believe he's up to Gerald McCoy's level, you uh, pretty much everybody agrees that it's a very minimal drop off between McCoy and Sue. And kind of like what we talked about yesterday, some people are not going to be happy or aren't happy that the Buccaneers got Sue for 10 million and they lost McCoy at 13 million. What's the big deal? Well, 3 million is one or possibly two more players again that you don't necessarily have to cut because of money. Now you have the option. I mean, they may still end up getting cut because of performance, but if they do and they get cut because of performance, that's fine. If they got cut because they have to make cap, that sucks. So that's what it gives them. It gives them three million more dollars of flexibility when they're looking at how their roster ends up being uh, completely built. Because yeah, they do. They do have to make some more moves. They don't have enough money uh, still to sign both Devin White and uh, Murphy Bunting. And I think that's the only two they still have left to sign, right? Uh, it was uh, White, Murphy Bunting, and Edwards. Okay. Greg Allman had tweeted out that the Bucks now have enough money to sign Devin White. He said it's going to be a tight squeeze, but it does look like they have the money now to get their first-round pick locked up. Right, but you can't ink all three of them in the current structure. So Yeah, probably not. He, I want to say Allman also said that uh, Edwards and Murphy Bunting will have little to no effect on the cap, I guess because of the way the rookie wage scale works. I don't Mm -hmm. know exactly how it works. I don't know the structure. Um, but they're not going to really cost enough to to hurt the Bucks too much, so no. they might be able to get all three signed. David, we are going to jump over to some friends of ours from the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're going to hear about Indomitian Sue from the perspective of three different people that covered Indomitian Sue. You know, mm-hmm. let's let's let the listeners kind of understand what kind of player, what kind of person they're really getting, because you and I were talking off air and it was a lot of, you know, we're getting all these perspectives from people that cover the Bucks. Well, let's get some perspective from people that covered Sue. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about the Bucks. We're talking about a player who's coming to the Bucks. So let's find out what some of these people have to say. And who do we have up first? The first person who who. Well, we're going to go in chronological order. So first we have Matt Derry, the host of Locked On Lions. And uh, before we get it, it his is, is shorter than the others. And and that's a technology issue. Unfortunately, technology doesn't always work the way we want it to. Um, so what we, what we were able to salvage uh, from Matt is basically the last part of his voicemail, the last part of his uh, contribution, unfortunately. Um, but there's still very good information and the overall theme of what Matt thinks about Indomitian Sue. Getting that contract with the Bucks, it'll be interesting to see how he performs. I still think there's a little bit of gas left in the tank. You always just have to question whether or not uh, down in Tampa Bay, Indomitian Sue is going to uh, you know follow follow directions, follow the lead. Will he show up to every every you know OTA and, and, and things like that? Will there be any drama with him? There's always that sort of in the background, but I do believe at age 32 that he can be a pretty good football player, and he's probably looking to play a few more seasons, so he'll be motivated on a one-year deal to try and perform. All right. Well, you know, that that is something, David, that has come up, you know, about Sue, is he's not going to, to go 100% on every play, and, you know, he may miss some some off-season activities. Obviously, he's not reporting to OTAs because he's over in France right now. He had, he had sent out something on Instagram. He's touring 
the wine country of France. He's on vacation. He wasn't committed to a team. He wasn't planning on being at any OTAs. You know, I'm not going to hold that against him. You know, this this all kind of came pretty rapidly. So it's not like he was sitting at home just waiting for the Bucks to give him a phone call so that he could race to Florida and, uh, you know, and hurry up and suit up. You know, the guy had a, a overseas vacation plan. You know, let him do that. Let him relax. You know, whatever. But when he comes to work, he needs to come to work. And, you know, there there is some obviously some question. But again, we're we're talking about somebody who covered him with the Lions. And we've kind of seen it's something that you you touched on. We've seen kind of that maturation process a little bit that, you know, he was a young hothead. And as he went to the Dolphins, he got a little bit more you know, a, a little bit more mature. He wasn't making some of these, you know, dirtier moves or or some of these more boneheaded plays. And then with the Rams, I, I can't think of too many issues that he ran into there. Some have called into question his leadership, but at the end of the day, you don't need everyone in the locker room to be a leader. You need guys that are going to show up and do their job. You know, they drafted Devin White to be the leader. They're signing Indomitian and Sue to come in and and wreck the offensive line. That's his role. He doesn't need to be, you know, as you put it, he doesn't need to be the rah-rah guy. He just needs to show up and do his job. Yeah. At the, at the end of the day, you can't have 53 leaders on a roster. That would be insanity. Nothing would ever get done. And, you know, th- acknowledging the history, there's there's definitely a history. And any type of A-type personality is going to rub people the wrong way, at least some people the wrong way. Um, obviously, the man has enough respect around the league. I mean, the dude, uh, I kind of chronicled a little bit about how many times he's been on the NFL Top 100 list and how high he's been on the NFL Top 100 list. Even the season that he was voted the dirtiest player in the league, he was Top 40 in the NFL Top 100 list. So... Even with even with some of the antics and even with some of the the unprofessionalism and and kind of stepping over the line of the brotherhood of the football player that he did, especially in his younger days, other players still recognize the talent. They still recognize what he was able to do on the field. Um, Aaron Rodgers is, uh, according to reports, an ass and rubs people the wrong way sometimes. Still a very successful player, still able to do what he needs to do for his team. And some would call him a leader. Some would actually appreciate, some do appreciate the way that he conducts business. But again, rubbing people the wrong way is really not what I'm talking about when I'm saying he didn't cause problems. What I'm talking about is, is he a distraction? Is he, are people just week in, week out having to explain his behavior to people? And that's what was happening in the early times in Detroit is instead of focusing on schemes and game plans and opponents, Players were out there talking about, you know, Matt Stafford's being asked about whether or not he and Adamu Sue get along and all that other stuff. Like at the end of the day, if your defense tackle and your quarterback hate each other, it's really not that big of a deal until it becomes a distraction, which it definitely became, uh, I believe, anyway, in Detroit. But again, moving on from Detroit is kind of the point of this whole episode. Yeah. And, and real quick before we leave that, I was talking to a good friend of mine shortly before we we jumped on and he's, he's a lifelong lions fan. And I had just kind of messaged him. I was like, you know, it's kind of awkward that I always gave you so much crap about Indomitian Sue. And now Indomitian Sue signs with the bucks and, and he still loves Sue. And he goes, you know, you guys got a impact player and you're going to, you're going to feel that impact. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I, I, I hope you're right. I, I hope it works out. 
And I jokingly told him what I said on the show yesterday, that if he stomps on Cam Newton, I'm going to buy his jersey. And he responded with, my favorite play was when he stomped on Aaron Rodgers because he he's always hated Aaron Rodgers, not just because of the division rivalry, but kind of because of what we've heard come out that he Aaron Rodgers was one of those guys that always kind of rubbed my buddy the wrong way. And turns out, you know, that that's kind of kind of Rogers MO. So, you know, even even though the the breakup between Sue and the Lions wasn't exactly great, there are still Lions fans out there that like Indomitian Sue and they like what he brought to the team. So David, before we move on, we of course have to give a shout out to our friends over at Untuck It because today's show is brought to you in part by Untuck It. Father's Day is right around the corner, everyone. And if you want to help out your dad or maybe you want to, you know, lean your kids towards getting you something great, it can be hard for guys to pull off casual untucked looks that, that don't come across as sloppy and untuck it has nailed it and they are revolutionizing the untucked button-up dress shirt game. The solution, it fits just right. They are specifically designed to look great untucked and feel comfortable at work or on the weekend. No tucking or tailoring required. Go to untuckit.com, promo code NBA, that's N as in national, B as in basketball, A as in association, to get 20% off. Let's Go. Uh, let's let's stay within the state of Florida now, and hear what our friends over at the Locked On Dolphins podcast have to say about them. What's up, Bucks fans? This is Travis Wingfield of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, and I'm here to tell you guys about your newest acquisition on the defensive line in Indomitian Sue. And as everybody knows, Sue signed a free agent contract, a massive $100 million deal with the Dolphins in 2015, and that was kind of the coup de grace, the signature signing of Mike Tannenbaum once he was hired in 2015 to be the VP of football operations in Miami. And while Sue was always effective as a player on the field, his financial resources and the financial dedication the Dolphins made to him kind of crippled the rest of the roster. But where Sue's impact was on the defensive line was eating up double teams, stopping the run, and of course providing that pass rush from the interior. Now, he never posted big sack numbers in Miami, but he constantly demanded double teams and freed up outside rushers like Cam Wake for the Miami Dolphins over the course of those three years. But he was a part of some defensive lines that frankly underproduced for several years. And I don't think that any of the questions or concerns about Sue taking plays off from last year necessarily contribute or necessarily were a factor in his time in Miami. He was consistently an 80 to 85% snap player. Like I mentioned, the double teams always taking on those double teams and finding a way to hold his ground and show that big tree stump mentality of a defensive tackle against the run game. Now, one of the weaknesses in his game is that he does tend to freelance within the scheme a little bit and he will one gap and shoot upfield, whereas he probably should stand his ground a little bit more and create a bit of a blockage for the linebackers to work through and work off of his eating up blocks on the inside as well. So Indomitian Sue, a dominant player. He kind of has been that since he entered the league. His time in Miami was underwhelming because of the team's lack of success, but that was really due in no part to Indomitian Sue, who constantly stuffed the middle of the run defense and provided that pass rush for the Dolphins. In Sue, you guys are going to get a dominant pass rusher and a guy that can really help against the run. He's a fantastic 
player. I have no negative things to say about Ndamukong Su's time in Miami other than the fact that his contract was just too high for that position. But Ndamukong Su, the new Buccaneers defensive tackle, you guys got a good one. Again, this is Travis Wingfield from the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL. You can find my show at Locked On Fins and all my content on the LockedOnDolphins.com webpage. All right, lots of great information there. Uh, thank you once again for sending that in. David, you want to you wanna go ahead and tackle this one first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we definitely appreciate uh, Travis doing that, taking the time to do that. And like you said, a lot of good stuff. And, you know, uh, was it all rainbows and sunshine and, and Super Bowl trophies? No, there were definitely struggles. There were definitely some issues. However, when you're talking about adding a Dominican Sue to your roster, I mean, you heard what he said, had to say. And what I really like is the fact that he talked about pass rushing because there seems to be this theory that Ndamukong Sue just can't rush the passer. And I would say that that's definitely not true. It's somewhat similar, like saying Gerald McCoy can't stop the run. Now is his main superpower stopping the run? No, but he's capable of stopping a run. Ndamukong Sue's main superpower isn't going to be pass rushing, but he is capable of rushing the passer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's... It, it was funny as as I was listening to that, it kind of mirrored a lot of what we've been saying about Gerald McCoy for all these years. No, he's not going to put up the huge sack numbers, but he is going to draw the double teams and he's going to open things up for his teammates. And he went on to say that, you know, there were the poor sack numbers by the defensive line as a whole isn't exactly a reflection on Sue. It was a reflection of the unit as a whole. So, you know, that's what that's what McCoy's here to do. He's here to bring attitude. He's here to chew up blocks. He's here to free up his teammates. He's here to stop the run. You know, anybody who thinks that Indomitian Sue is coming in here to be this season's double-digit sack guy, they haven't paid attention to what Indomitian Sue is or does. That's not the game he plays, especially not in, in the more recent years. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to do for JPP or Carl Nassib or Shaq Barrett what McCoy did for JPP last year. That's exactly what it's setting up for. And so, no, he may not get to the quarterback as often as McCoy did, but McCoy didn't get tackles for loss as often as Sue did. You're talking about the difference between a team on second and seven running the ball at McCoy and maybe gaining – three yards, making it third and and pretty manageable or running at Sue and being forced into a third and nine. You know, that's, that's what we're talking about. It's a game of inches and Indomitian Sue takes those inches away more often than McCoy does. So again, it's, it's another, it's another sign that, you know, this is a, a smart move from a football standpoint. And it, it was a smart move financially. Yes, sir. So, all right, David, before we send it over to our friends in Los Angeles, another quick shout out to Grip 6 Belts. That's right. Today's show is brought to you in part by Grip 6 Belts, where their goal is to literally make the best belt that has ever been made. It's an easy, thoughtful gift for your dads, brothers, husbands, uncles, grandpas. Again, kind of start feeding it to your wife or your kids now like, hey, I really like these Grip 6 Belts because – Father's Day is right around the corner. Uh, They're ultra lightweight, no holes, no flat, low profile buckles. They lay flat. It's just, it's a phenomenal product. Make sure you are going 
over to gripsix.com forward slash lock. That's L O C K E. And, uh, you know, check out our friends over at Gripsix. They have some great combo packs there available. So, David, let's send it to our friends over at Locked On Rams, the most recent team of the Sioux Tour. And, of course, the team that he played for in the Super Bowl where they came up a little bit short against the New England Patriots. What's happening? What's good, Bucks fans? This is Bear Motter of Locked On Rams, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I was talking to David Harrison about your newly acquired defense tackle in Dominican Sioux, who just signed on the dotted line as of Thursday afternoon for $9.25 million with incentives that go up to $10 million. Thought I'd drop a few words on you guys. My thoughts on Dominican Sioux, you guys picking them up. Last year, he played all 16 games for Los Angeles Rams, racking up four and a half sacks. 59 tackles, 36 solo, and four tackles for loss. By far not his best NFL season he's had in his career, but he definitely contributed to the Rams' success, especially the last few weeks of the regular season and going into the playoffs. And Dominican Sue turned it up and became a different player, part of which was his criticism out here in L.A. They didn't contribute much in the first 13, 14 games. He was being paid $14 million out here in L.A., and I think there was a lot of expectation with what they were paying him, and especially with Aaron Donald on the other side. And maybe that's why Aaron Donald had 20.5 sacks last year and was an MVP candidate is because Ndamukong Sue was eating up some people. But a lot of history comes with Ndamukong Sue about him being a dirty player, not being a good teammate. I will nix that right away. Everything I saw from Ndamukong as a teammate, how he played the game on the field, Uh, I was always really happy with the way that he did. Yes, maybe there was times I wish he gave a little bit more effort or had a little bit bigger impact on the game, but his teammates loved him. People around him in the organization had nothing but good things to say about him. He was a level-headed dude. I mean, all you got to do is check in on his Instagram or social media and realize this guy's in the gym at 5, 6 in the morning, putting in work, doing two, three workouts a day, very health-conscious about what he puts in his body and all those things. So he approaches the game the right way off the field as well as on the field. We made it all the way to the big game and just couldn't complete that season with the Super Bowl win. I wish he stuck around here in LA, took a little bit less money, but he was still had a value on himself. Obviously, $9.25 million is what the Bucks gave him. The Rams had no opportunity to give him that money, but coming down to Tampa Bay, you got one heck of a player. Not in his prime anymore, but the guy can still get things done. Pro Football Focus gave him a grade of 82.6, which ranked 20th among interior defense linemen. Again, some criticism out here in L.A. for a lackluster start to the season, although he finished strong and throughout the playoffs. But he's an instant replacement for Gerald McCoy. And if you look at that D front now, you got Sue, Via, Allen, Golston, really building a front up there that can create some damage. So in a sense, I really think this worked out for the Bucs. Uh, McCoy was something that was, uh, you heard trade rumors for a while, they ended up not wanting to take on that $13 million. Instead, they parlayed it into a couple players, including Sue. I guess we'll find out in due time if this is something that will pay off long-term for the Bucks. But I do like the move for them. We miss Sue out here in Los Angeles. Best of luck out there in Tampa Bay. Can't wait to see you guys week four. Look forward to doing a crossover episode with Lockdown Bucks. Talk about that matchup in a couple weeks. Remember, you can catch all of the Locked On Podcast Network on the new streaming app, Himalaya. Check it out. Download it. Again, this is Bear Motter from Locked On Rams. You can find me at LA underscore Rambling Bear or Locked On Rams on Twitter. Until next time, go Rams.
All right. Thank you very much. And David, this is this was kind of something that I was waiting for. This is what concerns me. We've heard kind of the speculation in the reports and the whatnot that he doesn't give it his all every play. And to hear that, and, and obviously this is why we reached out to to the network to get coverage of this player because I don't follow the Rams media. I don't follow what's going on in their locker room. And to hear that there was a lot of criticism towards Sue because he was having such a lackluster season and then he just turned it on at the end of the year, you know, it makes me wonder where was that player all year long? You know, and we don't know the whole story. Maybe he was kind of battling through an injury and, and couldn't quite get fully healthy. Maybe it was because he was chewing up these blocks and, and Aaron Donald was the one dominating. So that was kind of the role that he wanted to play. And he goes, I don't need the numbers. I don't need the stats because I'm freeing it up for this, this beast next to me. You know, but that's that's kind of what does concern me. Now, it was nice to hear him talk about how he didn't see anything dirty and and he was a, a great guy in the locker room and, and the teammates loved him. And the fans loved him. And and, you know, he was a, a big fan favorite out there in Los Angeles. But, you know, that's that's what we're going to have to wait and see on is. Is he, is he going to give it his all? Is he coming in here knowing that he's at the very tail end of his career and obviously on a one-year deal, he's going to get one more contract to kind of finish out a season? Is he going to be able to keep making <clears throat> big money and, and really turn it on this year and be a dominant force again before he, he you know closes that, that chapter of his life? We've had this, we had this conversation about uh, Donovan Smith before it's a lot of work to be a pro NFL player him taking plays off and, and we don't cover the Rams so it's hard to really get too deep into all that stuff but it's it's important as outsiders to understand what we what we know and what we don't know and what we know is what we see what we don't know is the context of everything that we see if there's a play where his job is go out there be really big and make them block you with multiple people that's your role. And he does it, and he's standing there saying, I got two linemen blocking me right now. I'm done. Like, that's I've done my job. I, I From time to time, I can understand it. I could even see it, why it happens. Jason Pierre-Paul last year, there were stretches he didn't practice, and it was to maintain his health. It was to maintain his body. The dude is old for football. Okay, he's been banged up a lot. <laughs> These guys can't go 100% on every single snap. They will die. You know what I mean? And um, I, I don't know, man. Like, receivers do the same thing. Like, they're, they're a receiver. I guarantee you Mike Evans doesn't come off the line every single time with 100% coming from his feet into his legs, into his back, and into, into his into his get-off. It, it, I guarantee you it doesn't happen. I guarantee you that there are times where running backs, some of the best pass rush, pass blocking running backs in the league, when they see a three-man front and a zone read with no blitzers, they're not standing there with the same intensity and and you know ferocity for for pass blocking as they do when they read three blitzers coming from all kinds of different directions. It's okay as long as again, and this is kind of the point we're getting to, as long as it's not detrimental to the team. Okay, he's been compared unfairly, as far as I'm concerned, to certain pass Buccaneers who didn't put in full effort. One, namely, being Chris Baker. Listen, Chris Baker didn't put in maximum effort in a situation where it was fully expected for him to be going out there giving maximum effort. And guess what happened? 
The dude was shipped out of town faster than as fast as possible. The dude was was put on the bench. His teammates were yelling at him. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't leaned on as as a role player in the team the way that he was expected to be. And he was unceremoniously shipped out. If they could have done it without any press release, they probably would have. Um, there were repercussions. The Rams didn't do that. Les Snead, when they didn't resign, and Dominic Sue came out and flat out said, it's got nothing to do with anything but money. That is it. It is money, money, money. They needed to resign Dante Fowler, so they did it. And after they resigned Dante Fowler, they didn't have enough money to resign another veteran. That's why Dom Kinsu is not in, in Los Angeles. If they had more money, he'd still be a Ram, according to Les Snead. Um, you already talked about what he did for Aaron Donald. You know, Bear talked about what he did for the Rams. I mean, again, I'm not too worried about the taking plays off thing because the Rams weren't worried about the taking plays off thing. The the whole point of this show was to get these perspectives of people that have been around Sue. And so far, the overall view of Indomitian Sue is that he's a a solid player. You know, the Bucks got a, a good football player. And, you know, he's he's a good guy. Yeah, you know, yep. he's a good he's a good player in the locker room. He's a good teammate. And just like any other player in the NFL, he has his shortcomings. And it's it's to go back to our, our good friend Scott Smith's favorite movie, Draft Day. It goes back to Kevin Costner saying, find out what he can't do or find out what his something is and let's figure out if we can live with it. And it's it goes back. I've been very vocal in the fact that I've not been a, a fan of Indomitian Sue. But I understand this move. It makes sense. It was a smart move for the Bucks, and you did a great job on Bucks Nation of talking about the fact that you know it is possible to like Gerald McCoy and like Indomitian Sue. It is possible to not hate on Sue because you're mad that McCoy is not here anymore. Yeah, you know it. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Guess what? The Bucks will now have both. You know, I can't thank uh, those three gentlemen enough. Again, oh, you know, my apologies out to Matt. They're from the Locked On Lions. I mean, uh, you know, technology unfortunately just doesn't always work. And and again, this wasn't loaded. You know, um, I didn't tell these three gentlemen, "Hey, we're trying to convince Bucks fans that they need to be happy with the Dominican Soup." I simply wrote them, James. You saw the message. Yeah. You know, I said, "Hey, we want to do an episode." kind of chronicling, you know, everybody's talking about Dominican Sue's past. So we want to get you guys, the experts of the teams who were, you know, covering the teams of his past. You tell us about his past. You tell us your thoughts on him from the time with your team. And you tell us what you think the Buccaneers are going to get. That's all I asked. I didn't ask for a take or a slant one way or the other. And I don't think any of those three gentlemen would have given in to my demands for a certain spin, even if I had. And I was a little bit nervous. I'm not going to lie because (laughs) I've written a lot of things. So this could have blown up in our faces real fast. It very well could have. Um, I've written a lot and I've said a lot about Indomitian Sioux leading up to and then since the news broke and then obviously now that the the news is official. And, you know, for for all I knew, all three of these guys could come on and been like, man, the Buccaneers are crazy for bringing this dude on. He's a cancer in the locker room to, you know, but that's not what happened. And again, Nobody is hiding the fact that Ndamukong Kinsu has not had issues in the past. Nobody is hiding the fact that Ndamukong Kinsu has not rubbed some people the wrong way in the past. Uh, Omar Kelly, I really hope I got the name right, um, a Miami uh, Dolphins beat reporter, 
um, talked about it on on a video that I stumbled upon while I was researching some of the stuff that I wrote. Um, called him a mercenary. He's here for a very specific reason. That reason is to uh, kick ass, and that's what he's going to do. And if you're not helping him on his mission, he's going to tell you that you're not helping him on on the mission. If you don't like it, uh, I don't think he has a friendship clause in his contract. You know what I mean? And some people will be okay with that. Some people won't be okay with that. But again, the key is, is it detrimental to the team? If it's not detrimental to the team, then it's just background noise. It's background noise that sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll say we in the media will find a thread and pull at it because it's what the listeners and the readers want to know about. But I think it's important to remember that there's always more to the story than, than what you're getting necessarily. And uh, again, kind of what I wrote on Bucks Nation, like Ndamukong Sue has been named at least twice. I, I only found two and I stopped looking after I found two um, as being one of the most charitable players in the league. Mm-hmm. And nobody ever talks about it because it doesn't fit the narrative. It doesn't fit the story. It doesn't fit what the fans are salivating for because there's not a lot of fans out there who are just dying to hear about how great of a guy Ndamukong Sue is. They want to hear about the ankles or the ankle stopping or the arm, the hand stomping and, and all that stuff. And yes, that all is there. However, there's also another side there, which is the five o'clock in the morning Instagram posted workouts, which is uh, the fact that he's willing to go in there and eat two blocks so that a guy like Aaron Donald can have an all pro year. Um, you know, the community work that he's done, you know, going back to the again, the same year he's voted the dirtiest player in the league is the same year there's an article written about him uh, talking about how he literally donated the most money out of any player in the National Football League. Um, Some of those things get lost in the mix, and we just want you guys to have the full story, so we feel like we've given you the Bucks angle as far as we can give it to you. Now we've gone out and sought the Lions, Dolphins, and Rams angle. So as far as we're concerned, we've given you pretty much everything we can without just getting Jason Light and Bruce Arians on the phone and saying, hey, tell the Locked On Bucks listeners how this happened. And unfortunately, that's not going to happen. Um, as much as I would love to, I'm sure you would too. Man, I've been talking a lot lately. I think those you couple have, days I stepped away from, uh, just, they bottled me up. It's been fantastic, though. I'm not, I'm not going to jump in and stop you. Before we get out of here, of course, our usual uh, house cleaning, housekeeping, whatever you want to call it. I, I heard myself say both terms on on yesterday's episode i'm like you know what i don't really know which one works better but anyway let's wrap this up with a nice neat bow the way we always do please make sure you're checking out everything going on over at bucksnation.com make sure you're sending us your voicemails to 813-444-5841 subscribe to the podcast using the brand new podcast catcher himalaya again very user-friendly i really highly recommend you check it out and of course We're also available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts is where you can find us. If you leave us a five-star review, we will read it on the air. It does help other Buccaneers fans find us, and we greatly appreciate that. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Please have a safe, enjoyable holiday weekend and we thank you all so much for joining us right here at Lock On Bucks.